Hello and welcome to Regen, the e-racing podcast. I'm your host, Dino, and joining me, a man who continues to put up with me just to talk about electric racing, it's Chris Soulsby. <laughs> Hello, how are you? I'm very good. Yep, absolutely. Good. Absolutely. It has been a great Mexico City e-pre, uh, and we are here to talk about it. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Very tired, very... Well, absolutely exhausted after Mexico City, but oh, it was entirely worth it, wasn't it? What a great race we had. I mean, even Formula E and IPC trophy. Oh, I don't even know where to begin. Is Mexico the best race on the calendar? Uh, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> Easily. Yeah. Easily. Oh, Easily. that's massive. Easily. Uh, yeah, I, I can't really disagree with you there, although I do love Berlin, as the listeners may know. Yeah, Berlin is very cool. It's a very cool track. Very good. Uh, thank you also once again to Amelia Hilda from Alt Drive. I had a talk to her last episode about the great magazine that she does online. So check that out and I will put that in the show notes. Uh, really good to get some insight and, and a little bit of background on uh, especially the Formula E drivers, but there's a lot of other things on the website, uh, so go and check that out. Yep. Okay, uh, one of my favourite segments of the show, Media of the Week. Chris, I'll let you start us off. What do you have for us this week? Haha, um, well, I'm looking at the screen in front of me and I have nothing, but the one thing that does come to mind is a show I've been watching called Whitechapel. Uh, it's again on Netflix. Uh, you're spotting a an emerging trend here. I am now on Netflix. Uh, it's not my account, though. Um, so, you know, milking it. But Whitechapel is a TV show, and it was it's quite old, actually. It's uh, 12 years old. So, well, the first series was broadcast 12 years ago, and I, I hadn't heard of it until recently. And it is based in uh, London, in the borough of Whitechapel. And it is a crime drama. And it follows the story of a young detective inspector who has been given his first uh, the command uh, in the London Metropolitan Police Force. And it, it, it it's basically a modern take on classic crimes that happened in London uh, back in the day. So the first series looks at um, Jack the Ripper, and it's all uh, say, set in modern day. And the second is about the, the Cray twins, um, who were obviously notorious in London for uh, organised crime. And then the third and fourth, well, I haven't seen them yet, but I can't wait to watch them. Um, yeah, check it out. It's um, three, three episodes per series, only four series. Each episode is 45 minutes long. So it's very manageable to binge in uh, the space of a couple of days. So yeah, I would, I would recommend that. Uh, what's your media of the week? My media of the week is another podcast. It is called Just the Zoo of Us. Very, very good. Bit of a Valentine's theme as well. Uh, so Just the Zoo of Us podcast. It is a, it is a duo of Christian and Ellen Weatherford, and they basically review different species of animals. So they talk through the animal, the different categories of effectiveness, uh, ingenuity, aesthetics, um, and you can also submit different species for them to review. So if you like reviewing animals and you like giving them a score out of 10, why not go listen? It is really fun. It's just really good fun, to be honest. And I thought I would chuck that in there and hopefully give them some love. 
That is cool. That, can we get reviewed? <laughs> I, I don't that, really awesome. want people to review me per se, but the podcast would be good. So that, that would be uh, good. Re- yeah, review us on Podchaser. <laughs> Thank That's you. It. Give us a review. Just slide it in. Slide it in. Uh, so their website is just the zoo of us dot com. So rate some animals along with them, and our podcast, and the podcast. Yes, twice. So, uh, two rather bits of massive news before we get into Mexico. Uh, The Gen 2 Evo. uh, Basically, Twitter blew up, Reddit blew up with uh, pictures of the new uh, upgrade package that's coming out next season. I really like it. I think it looks a little bit more aggressive. We've got more of an open wheel feel uh, to the car. And I'm not sure about what's going on at the back, but it's it's sort of... uh, yeah, the fins have sort of been curved in a bit more, and it is, uh, I like the front, not much of a fan of the back, um, yeah. but overall some good changes, and, and the fin, some good real estate for sponsors, and it is <laughs> it is getting closer towards uh, more of a, a Formula 2 car feel, is that what you're thinking? What do, what do you think about it, Chris? This is interesting. I'm mixed on it, really. I mean, the first time I saw it, um, I did like it. I like the front wing. I think the revised fairing, so it's now open wheel again, is good because it'll remove the current bumping and banging that we have, uh, which should be removed. Again, I'm I'm not convinced on the rear of the car. I think the rear wing, even though it is split down the middle, obviously, it's quite similar. It's like similar to what we're going to see in Formula One next year with the 2021 rules and regs. And with the shark fin or the dorsal fin, if I'm going to get hated on for calling it a shark fin, because that's what it is. So the, the shark fin, uh, it, it's a bit Formula Two-esque, isn't it? It and is. And I think it, it's, a, it's a bit big on the car. And when I heard that the car was going to have a shark fin, I was hoping that it'd be something similar to Super Formula, um, just nicely tucking out of the uh, the well, not really an engine cover, is it? But the the, the cover for the powertrain. Um, yeah, I think they've it, it, it's half decent, literally fifty percent. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it does, uh, and that's why I've got some good real estate. It is a big yeah. old dorsal slash shark fin, yeah. It's huge. Yeah. I am looking forward to seeing it. Uh, on the performance side of things, on some of the long straights, it might be an extra kilometre an hour or two, but uh, yeah. nothing nothing massive. We're not uh, putting bits and bobs to direct airflow everywhere under the car like Formula One, so mm-hmm. I don't expect much of a difference in performance. Yeah, I don't think there'll be a massive performance difference. Um, I mean, the majority of downfalls is from that massive diffuser on the back of the car anyway, so uh, yeah, I don't think there'll be much of a change, but maybe the odd K on the kilom- on the on the streets. Yeah, so. Right, uh, this is from the 2nd of February, the Sanya E-Pre, uh, obviously with the coronavirus Uh, outbreak there had to be some action taken by the FIA and um, they were monitoring the situation closely Uh, and I'll just read this this is off the official Formula E website 
In view of the continued spread of coronavirus and after close consultation with the relevant departments of Hainan Province and Sanya Municipal Government, Formula E together with the FIA and the Federation of Automobile and Motorcycle Sports of People's Republic of China and regional partner Innova Holdings have jointly decided not to race in Sanya on the scheduled date of March 21st, 2020. So, uh, given the current growing health concerns and with the World Health Organization uh, declaring the coronavirus an international emergency, uh, Formula E has taken the necessary measures to ensure the health and safety of its travelling staff, championship participants and spectators which remain of paramount importance. And so, uh, summing up, that um, it has been postponed. But uh, it is probably looking like it'll be cancelled and uh, we wait to see whether there will be something else slotted in uh, later in the season because it's quite nice that there are quite a few gaps in Formula E, uh, whether they can sort of play around with Formula One or WEC or or just what's happening with the calendar for those and, and whether something fits That'll remain to be seen, but uh, yeah, we um, we hope that uh, the virus does not spread any further, and we we really pray for the the people of of, of China and and those involved in medical institutions there. Uh, so many sporting events have been cancelled in China or postponed, and I think with Formula E, it's a it's a wise decision to um, postpone this race officially. Um, We've said we. It doesn't look like the race will go ahead, um, and of course, it it also removes calendar clashes with other championships. I know there was a calendar clash with WEC and the Formula E race in Sanya in March, and that's now been averted, obviously. Um, but I don't know if they'll add another race. I think if they will, it would either be in Bur- uh, in Berlin because that's at Tempelhof and. It's very. It, it isn't a logistical nightmare for another race to be added there, and also in New York, simply because it's in a flaming dock. Uh, so again, no disruption caused. So if there is going to be an additional race, it will be at one of those two circuits. But that remains to be confirmed, obviously. Um, but we will see. And yeah, it also leaves a massive gap in between the Marrakesh Prix and the Rome Prix. So Marrakesh is the 29th of February and Rome is the 4th of April. So again, we see another month's absence for absence for Formula E like we did in December. Yes, and uh, that was that was very hard. <laughs> I yes. found that very hard, withdrawal actually. Symptoms, like, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Withdrawal symptoms, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good word for it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um I guess they will monitor the situation further. Uh, Moving on, Formula E has a new predictor game. Did you play it, Chris? I did. Ooh, here we go. Okay. There we go. I I also did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, the only points that I got was the first attack mode. And I thought to myself, well, who likes to take attack mode early? And Oliver Rowland popped into my brain. Um, he seems to like to get it underway early and, and sort of start on the attack. Uh, and yeah, got the 10 points for him. Unfortunately, I went for Daniel Apt for the win. 
we will move on to him shortly. Uh, what happened to him uh, in FP1? FP1. Um, and I also had uh, Buemi for fastest lap. And yes. who did I have for pole? Yeah, it was it was not good. Apart from that, I also had Ma finishing last, which <laughs> was Neil Jani. So unfortunate, but I got ten points and I'm in sixty sixth place. So I don't think many people got many points. That is correct, Dino, because I'm currently, you know, ranked below two hundredth because uh, I didn't get a single prediction right. Um, uh. I had Ma in last place and he flaming crashed on me. Um, when he was in last place, so close. I had uh, Gunther for fastest lap, and Sims got it. Brilliant. I had DaCosta for the BMW. win. Yeah, I had DaCosta for the win, and he came second. I had Vern on pole, and he was nowhere near. And attack mode, I had Nico Muller, and he flaming crashed at the end of the second lap. So... Not great, but my my, my predictions are for Marrakesh, and I, I think it's a good prediction. I think I've I've really thought about it for a solid ten minutes or so doing research, and I I think it's going to be good. And you can laugh at me when I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're still on no points at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you can go free. <laughs> and that's the thing about Formula E: very, very hard to pick. I mean, mm. was anyone ever going to pick Lotera for pole? Oh, no, I wouldn't have. No, no, no. no. Um, okay, well, yep, uh, it is up on the website. You can uh, go in there and, and sort out your Marrakesh predictions now. Yes. Uh, so, uh, before qualifying, we'll go back to Daniel Apt. Uh, had a massive shunt, and it was described by himself as possibly the largest shunt of his career. Yeah. It looked as though or um, something similar happened to Nick DeVries, but mm. under braking, the back wheels kept going and straight into the barrier. Good to see that he was okay because, yeah, that was not a small one. Yeah, it was a heavy accident. Uh, it was just uh, 12 minutes to go in FP1. I believe Daniel Apt tried to... I think he did a test on his fan boost... And that's where the issue stemmed from. And from there, he the, the car didn't slow properly and he went into the barrier. The impact was around about 20G, I believe. Um, so it's a very hard, very hard crash. And it's one of the fastest parts of the circuit as well. Um, he was taken to hospital via helicopter for precautionary checks and... Um, was cleared uh, by the medical centre and then was came back to the track and did race. I think he had bruising on his lower back, um, so not nice. But Audi, um, after the accident, um, said that the incident was a result of a software communication problem, which meant that the car didn't slow down, well, slow as it should have when under braking. And that issue was corrected on the cars of Degrassi, uh, Sam Bird and Robin Frines as a precautionary measure. Um, yeah, quite a scary accident, actually. And I believe Nick DeVry was using fan boost as well as he cra- when he crashed in the race. Yeah. So it might be a, an emerging issue here. I don't know if that's... Um, yeah, it's interesting because Mexico City was also the... Well, the fastest track we have on Formula E, it's the first time the cars have really hit that kind of speed on a street circuit, well, on a circuit in the um, in the season. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and yes, it does look like that was the same issue uh, for Doris, who was on for some really good points, unfortunately. Um, yes. So, yes, uh, bad day at the office for Mercedes as well. Um, uh, back to qualifying, what a top lap from Bird. Group 1 manages to squeeze into Super Pole. I have to say that he really can pull it out of the bag and his his laps just, they're just mega when they need to be. I mean, mm-hmm. well done to that man. Yeah, he's um he's a gift that keeps on giving us Sam Bird. Um, he's very quick. He's very experienced. He's one of the only drivers in Formula E now to have made, started every race, actually. Um, so he is one of the most experienced guys out there. And I mean, this season, he, he, he's been on top form, hasn't he? And the results haven't always gone his way. But the, the lap that he did do in Group 1, was it was strong, wasn't it? And um, it really put him in, in a good position to challenge in the race as well. So It does. I mean, Group 1 obviously trips up um, most, of, most of those guys because of the track evolution. And we thought that it wouldn't be that big in Mexico. The the BMWs were nowhere, uh, and they just kept falling down the standings um, as as more people had uh, put their times in, and that was that was pretty mighty, pretty mighty. So, Sam, I know you're listening. Well done. Yeah, it was it was very nice lap, and that's the BMW as well. I mean, it was a total shock in the run up to the race. They expected to be uh, they expected Mexico City to be a track that really suits them. Uh, because they they do have one of the most efficient powertrains on the grid, but they were absolutely nowhere in qualifying. I think Gunther was 18th and Sims 20th in the final standing. Shocking, really. Didn't No one expected it, so... Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I sort of get the feeling Gunther is, well, in qualifying a little bit quicker. It's just yeah. starting to feel that way. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It, um, Gunther is, well, he's always been handy over one lap, hasn't he? Even when he was with Dragon. I think he got two Super Bowl appearances with them um, in that really downright awful car. Um, so he is quick. He's good at getting the lap together. But when it comes to race pace, I think I think this weekend he was missing an action, quite honestly. He had, I, I don't know what he was doing. but Yeah, I think he just got caught up with everyone and, and Sims... <laughs> Yeah, um, cool. So we've already said it uh, before, Lotterer gets pole on merit and Porsche really have picked the right man for the job. Um, if you had said, are any of the Porsches going to get pole? No. Um, no way. Lotterer just out of nowhere. Porsche have done such a good job. It's their first season. Hashtag start from zero. Well, They've they've come in with you know a, a podium and an absolute stonker of a lap and pole already. Mm-hmm. Um, can you see them improving more as the season goes on? Because you know uh, the points total at the end of the season they could almost uh, because let's face it, Lotter is going to be getting most of the points. Um, could could they get you know sort of around the sixth or seventh in the team's championship? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, I think, I mean, they enjoyed a very competitive debut, didn't they? And for the past uh, few races now, and I mean, Lotra did finish inside the top 10 in Derrier race too, but he got uh, disqualified. Um, 
And the past two races, it's been incidents that have uh, hindered Porsche. You know, Lodra was, yeah, I mean, he wasn't as quick in the race as he was in qualifying and did have that incident. But, uh, uh, (laughs) yeah, I think they will improve. I mean, you've got the Marrakesh rookie test coming up as well. And that's multiple hours of on-track running. And that, I mean, that, uh, it it's vital really it can really swing around a season but in season four we saw ds to cheetah um they weren't quite on the pace at the start of season four and then after that marrakesh rookie test they took a one two in santiago and uh, the original circuit layout and if you get a lot of running in there the changes that you can make on your car are incredible especially you know from a correlation perspective from the simulator to on track running um, it just aids understanding, and I think the will just get quicker as the season progresses. Surely, teams championship. I don't know. Uh, well, I think Lodra will be the main point scorer. I don't hold much hope for Neil Jani, unfortunately. I think they'll beat Dragon, Neo, and yeah, I think ninth or tenth or eighth. Mm. I don't know. It's a hard call. Okay. It, it's so close. It is really close. It is really mm-hmm. close. Um, I was actually going to to talk uh, about to Cheetah and um, the the great job that they had said uh, the rookie test uh, had done for them. Um, just they were a completely different team, and yeah, so exactly. yeah, hopefully, hopefully the likes of Dragon and and Neo can yeah do a bit better. Yeah, precisely. So uh, the race now. Uh, Lotterer on pole had a lot to do and a lot of defending to do early. Uh, Mitch Evans squeezed through and Lotterer just seemed to keep going backwards, sometimes under no fault of his own and, and picked up a bit of damage. And it really was bumper cars out there for the first couple of laps. It was, it was not that clean, um, but the first corner, very, very tight. And um, which didn't make things easy but overall a really good change to the track layout gotta gotta try and <laughs> find the words for nico miller who tried to hang it around the outside and oh. went into the barrier um obviously yeah, at that point your heart sunk chris i'm guessing yeah, it, it it shattered him not gonna lie yeah that was that was unfortunate for him because he was going quite well qualified well uh-huh. i think it was eighth yeah so yeah. i mean for the dragon a great uh, a great lap. I actually talked them up in a piece that I did on Regen Charge Point. Um, and yeah, a top eight. I I thought that was great. Um, but uh, De Vries, we talked about it already. Car wouldn't brake. Back wheels just kept going and he was under heavy braking. Uh, software issue. And Robin Frines. Is he, I know we've talked about it, but is he basically the Brendan Hartley of Formula One? Is he the most, the most unfortunate person in Formula E right now? I think so. Yeah, I I, I would go there. Um, I think both the Virgin drivers at the moment. I mean, with with Franz, he's always in the right place. Well, wrong place at the wrong time, but he's always in a good place. Yeah, it's <laughs> bad luck's always always plagued him. I mean, last season his form at the end of the year was rubbish because of countless accidents that weren't even his fault 
And I know, I know by the end of the year, he was just ready to close the book and, oh, I'm done with this. And he won the season finale and he was like, yeah, I'm glad that's happened. I'm glad the season's over. Bring on the next. And season six has started and his luck has been rubbish. So, yeah, I feel sorry for poor Robin Frines. Yeah, an innocent bystander. Yeah. Just going about his business, going well. Uh, and, yeah, I think he, did he retire at the end of the day? Yeah, he, he, uh, he got disqualified, I think. Uh, well, Which makes it even worse, because it wasn't even his yeah. fault. So. Uh, yeah, uh, and have to quickly talk about Stoffel getting on the marbles and smashing into the wall. Uh, I think it was quite close to the area where he did the same thing last season. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's close to where he did it last season as well. Yeah, so with one of the new track changes, I mean, the track was 25% longer this year. Um, and turn three was one of the new corners. And there was a lot of track breakup late on in the race. And the IPC trophy race was obviously delayed in order to try and prevent the track breakup before the Formula E uh, race. And towards the race, the, the marbles in turn three were very high. And we saw Marching Hua crash there. And then Stoff crashed there. And Sam Bird also crashed there as well. And, yeah, it was a very tricky corner by the end. A lot of drivers going off. Yeah. Um, I thought it might have been Sim's fault because he was right behind him, giving him pressure uh, late on in the race. Obviously, Stoffel didn't want to let him pass because they're both title protagonists. Um, yes, yeah. And I thought, yeah, Sims might have given him a nudge, but nope, Stoffel did it on his own. So he's, uh, yeah. Mm. Um, after the race, he just said, you know, I feel I feel terrible. I, I feel like I've let the team down and... And um, Mercedes did not have a good run here. No. But, uh, yeah, I feel Stoffel will learn from that, and I'm sure he'll be back and, and um, back up the top of the standings uh, very soon. Uh, the Mercedes did look did look good here. Yeah. But uh, De Vries early on did sort of go backwards a bit. Do you, do you think it was just the the strategy that they were on or couldn't compete over one lap or what was was there any reason why that was happening so fast uh i don't know it's um it's interesting because the mercedes eq works team uh did have well i, I would say strong race pace i mean one lap pace for devry was solid and both Stoff and DeVry were running inside the top 10 competitively. But for Venturi, who obviously used the customer powertrain, um, they didn't really have the same pace, did they? Uh, I think with DeVry, it might have been, um, I don't know, energy targets. Um, just really trying to settle into a rhythm early on. It's interesting, but they, they could have... They, it, it, they were set for double points finish until DeVry had that... I would, what I'm assuming is some kind of technical problem and then stuff crashed, but they do have pace to Mercedes. I would say they're at least the third or fourth best team on the grid this year. Which is amazing. Yeah. Have one year with HWA and then they come in probably, yeah, um, like you said, probably third or fourth best in the Constructors' yeah. Championship. And to be fair, um, they could win it depending on how BMW go. <laughs> If if Sims keeps pulling pulling results out of the bag like fifth place, then you know it's going to be hard for Mercedes. Um, yeah, exactly. 
Okay, let's run down the finishing positions. Uh, Mitch Evans, he basically checked out everything was happening behind him and he was just eyes forward and, and uh, yeah, dominant. That's the only word for it. Uh, so he wins and uh, 26 points. Gets an extra point for going into Super Pole uh, leading as the, the fastest driver uh, heading into Super Pole. So that's a nice change. Uh, Antonio Felix da Costa in second. Buemi, uh, your man for the win, coming in <laughs> third. Uh, 12 points and a fourth place for Jean-Eric Verne. Gets him off the mark. Alexander Sims in fifth from nowhere at the back of the grid to fifth. A strong, strong, strong performance guy. from Sims. Uh, Degrassi in 6th, Roland 7th, Mortara 8th, Verline in ninth. What? D'Ambrosio in 10th? Yes. How did those two... What? <laughs> it is a, it's an incredible result for Mahindra. Um, so that after, is. It, yeah, in the... <laughs> it, 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 it was astonishing, really, so... Oh, I think it was on the Friday ahead of shakedown, it was confirmed that both Mahindras would have 40 place grid penalties there for the race because they had changed their gearboxes outside of the FIA homologation period. Um, so that was the penalty. Obviously, there's only 24 cars on the Formula E grid, so you can't take the full 40 place grid penalty. So that meant that both Verline and D'Ambrosio would have penalties at the start of the race. So Verline had a drive-through and D'Ambrosio had a 10-second stop-go penalty and they still managed to finish in the points. I know only 14 cars actually finished the race, but they've definitely turned a corner, have Mahindra? Definitely turned a corner um, with this new development and I think their season kind of starts from now. Uh, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see what they can do, um, especially in Marrakesh, because they obviously won that race last year. Yes, they, they enjoy a good Marrakesh race, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, so Mahindra picking up three points, uh, one with D'Ambrosio, two with Verline, and incredible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah didn't think that happened. Um Gunther in 11th, Hartley 12th, Turvey 13, 14 Yanni. Uh, and now we move on to the uh, the DSQ and uh, DNF list. Uh, disqualified Collado and Frines. Uh, Van Dorn hit the wall. Uh, there's a nice big X there. Uh, DNF for Bird. Uh, DNF for Apt. Uh, DeVries, Lotterer and Massa and Nico Muller. All, also with a DNF. So you almost got points if you stayed on track, basically. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, this was a hard one. Yeah, it was a race of attrition, wasn't it? So many DNFs, so... I've got to say, though, that fastest lap from Sims, a one ten five twenty. That's uh-huh. that's two tenths faster than anyone else. That's a good lap. That's, it is, yeah. That's a very good fastest lap. So Sims getting 11 points. So the standings, they are looking a little bit different Mitch Evans, the Kiwi on top. Oh, that feels good. I bet you're happy about that. I am so happy. <laughs> 47 points, one point ahead of Alexander Sims now. Uh, Antonio Felix da Costa hoisting himself up into third place in the championship. Stoffel van Dorn down to fourth. Uh, so Stoff's on 38. 
Uh, so he's not really too far away from the 47 points of Evans. It's not a not a massive deficit uh, as as Formula E is is continues to be very close. Uh, 32. We go down to Degrassi. Bird on 28. Roland also on 28. He just seems to pick up the points. Uh, Gunther still on 25. 22 for Mortara. 21 for Lotterer. Uh, 18 for De Vries, uh, Verne moves up into 12th with 16 points, uh, Buemi moves up right behind him with 15, 14 for Verline, Freins on 10, Collado on 10, 8 for Apt, D'Ambrosio 3, Massa 2, Hartley 2, and the rest of them 0. So now the question is, Evans, Sims, De Costa, Van Dorn, Degrassi, Bird, Roland, uh, all still in with a shot. Is it too far for the likes of Buemi and Vern? Or with Formula E, can we still not count them out? Oh, that's a hard call. Um, it's Formula E. Anything can happen. Uh, it really can. Um, Vern hasn't had the fastest of starts to the year. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something very bold. Jean-Éric Vern will not win the title this year. Quite honestly, I don't see him. I don't think Vern's a serious title threat. Really? Yeah. I, and what about his teammate? Yes, I think I think DeCosta can do it. I think Ooh. if you look at uh Destitute this year, I think DeCosta's quite clearly been more comfortable in the car. And I would say he's in a, a better place. I think Vern at present is fr- almost frustrated, um potentially panicked, and nothing seems to be going his way. And at that stage, you can easily get into a rut, can't you? And I think Verne is approaching that rut, and especially last race. Uh, I think we've all heard Antonio Felix de Costa's radio rant in Santiago, and the team play was done yesterday between Verne and de Costa. Not very well, uh, in all honesty, um, but it was enacted. Uh, I don't think Verne is a serious title contender. Nissan Edams? Uh... The current Nissan car is not as quick as last season's. So, I mean, I think with Nissan, with the present uh, package... Wait, it's not as quick as last season's, is it? Let's face it. They had to switch to a single MGU for season six because the twin MGU was banned. And they've they've gone for a, a remedy. And... I think we saw from Mexico City. I mean, Buemi started, uh, did his group qualifying in group four. And last season, we would have seen him on pole firmly, and he still fell short of that. But I'm going to say that neither Nissan drivers are title contenders this year. Yeah, it's not uh, not looking the greatest for them. But uh, we, yeah, we we might, as you said, see some change after this rookie test in Marrakesh. So... So, um, yes, they have uh, potentially one race less to do it uh, with Sanya and uh, if there's something that replaces it on the calendar. But, uh, yeah, you never know. Yeah, precisely. I mean, a lot can change with that rookie test as well. It's it's anyone's game. You know, if you find the right the right information, you could, you could change a lot of things. It's all about software, so. Yeah. Um, okay, Teams Championship... Uh, BMW is back up the top with 71 points. Jaguar in second. That is uh, it's pretty impressive. It is, um, yes. 
uh, Collado picking up the points um, and Mitch Evans on an absolute tear right now. Uh, Mercedes drops to third with 56 not scoring this round. 55 now for Diaz to Cheetah. Nissan 43, 40 for Audi, 38 for Envision Virgin, uh, which, yeah, the bad luck continues. 24 for Venturi, Porsche, 21 points, Mahindra up to 17 points, uh, and 2 for Dragon and none for Neo. Yeah, I think I think Virgin's not going to stay there uh, for long, and also uh, Audi... Um, that powertrain is decent and you probably can expect those two to go up the up the table a bit further. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, I mean, Virgin used the same Audi powertrain and the Virgin car is quick, the Audi car is quick. Um, yes. I think, yeah, the, the, the question lies in the drivers, really. Um, Lucas Grassi is very fast. Sam Bird is fast. Robin Frines is fast, and Antonio Felix, Antonio Felix de Costa, has he moved to Audi? Oh my god! Season six confirmed, season seven confirmed. Um, Daniel Apto, um, yeah, if that happens, it's my fault. I, I've sparked an idea. Um, Daniel Apto, I think it, it yeah, um, I think he he needs to start performing, doesn't he? It's a make or break year for him this year. It really is. Especially with uh, Nico Muller in the in the Dragon, I mean he has to start delivering as well. Quite honestly, stop crashing at the barriers. But they will go up. They will get better results. That's a that's a given, I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Neil Jani needs to start delivering because uh, yeah, uh, Porsche currently ahead of Mahindra, but yeah, uh, like we say, the the Mahindra really is a good car. It uh-huh. is a good car this season. Yeah, and uh, clearly, clearly can hoist it up from uh, the middle of nowhere into the points. So, uh, yeah, uh, this team's championship will will definitely have a have a swing, I reckon, after Marrakesh. Yeah, it um, it is anyone's game. Well, maybe not Neo's, but I think it is anyone's game at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to put it in. Got to put it in. Uh, you know, but I, I think there's a lot of drivers under pressure, or will be soon under pressure anyway. I think apt. Uh, 100%. Hartley, I'm going to say. Um, Jani, 100%. Uh, Ma, because he's painfully slow. Um, oh, God, Ma. What, what about... Uh, this This one might be a bit spicy. What about Massa? Because Mortara is easily outdoing him. See, the thing is, f- f- uh, Massa is... It's his second season in Formula E. And qualifying is a strong point, I would say. I mean, there's a lot to manage in the race, and I think the thing that Massa struggles with the most, potentially, is putting it all together, um, piecing it all. There's no doubt that he's a, he's a very quick driver. We all know that. It's a given. But it's, it's piecing it together. And I think on his day, Massa can, can definitely deliver. Um, and I think the Motara's experience is showing at the moment. Mexico City was just one of those races for Massa where nothing went right. His qualifying lap didn't go right. I think he hit a bump in on the exit of turn one, which caused his accident. Yeah, it didn't go, really go right for him, did he? Did it? But he is on that three-year deal with uh, Venturi, um, so he will have another season after this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It hasn't been a 
a great start, but I I, I think when we um I think as the season progresses he'll improve. Just it's just about developing the car really and getting everything right and finding out what went wrong in in Mexico City. Yeah, because Mortara's got points in a three out of four so far. Yeah, exactly. Um and yes, it's I mean the gap is twenty points between the two already. So you don't want it to really grow too much bigger. Yeah, exactly. It's uh it's it's tricky, isn't it? Um to be fair, Venturi uh are one of three teams in Formula E this season to have a one hundred percent point scoring record in all races. So they have at least had at least one car inside the top ten in every race so far this season. Nice. Facts. That's a good stat. Who who knew? There you go. Information. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, the Jaguar I-Pace e-trophy also uh, was on show this weekend, um, but that will have its own episode because there was a lot that happened here. Uh, we're running a little bit long, so who was your driver of the day? Chris. <laughs> it's a hard call, isn't it? Um, it is between Mitch Evans because, holy moly, one of the most dominant drives ever seen in Formula E, and Alexander Sims from P18 in qualify, yeah, P18 on the grid to P5 in the race. And yeah, I mean, he outclassed Gunther, who was 11th. Uh, it's between those two, but I am going to Mitch Evans. Mitch Evans has to be. Yep, I'm going to go for Pascal Verline. Uh, a couple of points straight from the back. And yeah, even with a penalty. Uh, Ninth place. Perfect. Yeah, very solid. Finally, thank you to Huzu Graphics on Twitter for doing the amazing episode artwork. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. And you can also see his work on our website, uh, regenracingpodcast.com. And I also post them on Instagram. Also, if you're into esports, check out the WCS Voltage League, which is esports um, that is using. Formula E Gen 2 car. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and I'll link that in the show notes too. So I think it's fairly new. Um, I'm not sure what it runs on. It might be R Factor, R Factor 2, I think it might be. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't know it existed uh, and found it. And it's it's really cool. So there's that also. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, we're on Twitter at Regen Racing and Instagram, Regen Racing Pod. Uh, any final thoughts from you, Chris? Uh, we got 200 followers on Twitter. We did. Yes, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much for continually following us and liking us and listening to us. It is much appreciated. So, Yes, it's, uh, it's amazing that... Um, when I when I first started this, I, I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't think we would get even a hundred people listening to some of these episodes. I thought, uh-huh. you know, it is, it's it's going to be probably your friends because none of my friends listen to Formula yeah, E or, or bother with it. No. <laughs> what friends? <laughs> oh, oh. That's rough. Um, I'm sure I'm sure you have a lot of friends in 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 real life, um, <laughs> but. We're straying off topic here. Yes, back to the point. Yes, uh, 
you know, it, it really does make my day when we get a, a review on Podchaser um, because, you know, the show does take quite a while to to record and mm-hmm. edit and, and show notes and social media. So it is a rather large undertaking. And um, if you are uh, podcasting friends of mine or Chris's, you'll know that it is not a simple as just, yeah, record, one and done, slap it online, and the masses listen, and Felipe Massa. Um, so, uh, we really appreciate it, so thank you very much. And with that, we will finish. Yes, goodbye, au revoir. What, what's the next race? Marrakesh. Mar- oh, I don't know what it is. I was going to do like a, a specific language of Morocco language. This is going to be educational. Arabic. Oh. Oh. Goodbye in Arabic. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Goodbye. No, that's not it. (laughs) (laughs) What would it attempt to? Wadan. Wadan. Wadan, everyone. Wadan, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) All right, I'm stopping in three, two, one. Slide it in.